Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a brand new Ralph Report for this Thursday, December 10th, year of our Lord Sheesmoo 2020. All hell Sheesmoo. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Kids, welcome. Thank you for joining us yet again today. It's been a hell of a week of shows, in my opinion. I'm having a great time. I don't know about you, kids. <laughs> me too. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave with me is... Odegaard, Odegaard. Or, as he's known by his non-Star Wars name, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, indeed. Speaking of Star Wars, real quick. Yeah, 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 what's up? Spoilers alert. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the most recent Mandalorian... Or Mando, Mando, as some people call it. Uh, you might want to turn your uh, your uh, podcast down for a, a minute or so, or fast forward or some something, because I'm going to talk about this thing. And I I got the the Star Wars expert here, the man who grew up on Conquislot, 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 the uh, third planet from N- Nagori and the outer rim, in the outer rim of the rim job. He's an old rim jobber from way back. <laughs> Um, yeah, I watched the most recent Mandalorian, right? And the dude who's walking around, uh, being all badass with his uh bungee stick or whatever, yeah, yeah. that's uh, it's Boba Fett, yes. If I'm not mistaken, that's Boba Fett, the bounty hunter from if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and if I remember correctly, in Return of the Jedi. Uh, dude got swallowed up by a sarlacc. He fell into the sarlacc pit, yes. Right. And I saw that big thing, yes. big anus with teeth. Yes. Uh, gobbled him up. And I think he Wilhelm screamed on his way down. Yes. Or into it, yes. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> there was much rejoicing amongst the uh, the rebellion because uh, bad dude Boba Fett had been uh, relinqu- yeah. relinquished to the star- sarlacc pit. He went out like a punk. Right. And so, boom, yeah. everybody wins. Right. And now I'm watching Mandalorian on Disney Plus right. and dude's back looking for his armor. Yeah. How does that fucking happen? How does that work? <sighs> okay. Look. Okay. They had written in the, in the books before Disney. Oh Christ. <laughs> before Here we Disney. Go. Now I got to read paperback novels to follow a fucking TV before show. Before Disney bought Star Lucasfilm, they had written where a uh, Boba Fett had escaped from the Starlack. After whenever left, he had used a jetpack and kind of flew out of the thing. Oh, that's a that's a cheap well, it's, you you digest for a thousand years. It's not like an instant death in there. You get down in there, and it just sort of slowly dissolves you. So if you react quickly, you can probably get out of the thing. So is his he blew his, it up or something? His like bedpan that. armor it keeps him. Uh, well, it's, it's Beskar, so it's pretty. I mean, it stops the lightsaber, so it's going to protect him a little bit. Oh my God. Right. So and he gets out of that way. But then after Disney bought Lucasfilm, they sort of like everything that had been written about Star Wars before was not. An official canon. Only the films and the two animated series were official canon. Okay. So you still so assume... in the movies, Boba Fett gets swallowed by the, yes. s- the Sarlacc. But in the um, expanded universe, he did live, which then got erased, and then Disney bought it. And then and with Mandalorian, they've sort of retconned him back into canon 
Because he was in the first episode, the guy that turned around at the end. That, that was J Boba Fett. Yeah, but I figured that was just some Boba Fett fanboy who had similar armor. No, you but know, that's, that's much like Adam Driver, like to dress up like Darth Vader ish. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that's Tamora Morrison, or however you pronounce his name. He was the one who played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, who Boba Fett was a direct clone this is of. the guy on Friday. The most recent yes. one, the guy walking around. With, yeah, the, with also no the guy phone. in the ep the first episode of the second season. Right, when they're doing... Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. It's the same uh, actor that played Jango Fett. I get yes. that, but what I'm saying is when we first saw the guy who looked like Boba Fett yeah. in earlier in the series, I assumed it was Just some... a fanboy? It was some copycat right. uh, Mandalorian who was, you know, keeping the... Well, hope alive of the legend of Boba Fett it could or have been but now it's the actual dude. It's the actual actor, and if clones, <laughs> I get nerdier here. Clones were given uh, were uh, aged twice as fast as a normal person. Uh -huh. That's why they could grow the army quicker. Right. Uh, Jango Fett wanted a direct, unaltered clone. That's right. why J Boba Fett aged at an appropriate age. That's why this uh, actor and this Boba Fett is of appropriate age in this episode. He would have been like 70 had he been a clone because uh -huh. they aged twice as fast. I hate all everything you're saying. <laughs> but he's in there and they made him a badass. He's a badass No, now. he's a badass, but it's such a, just a ripoff from what we all were led to believe, those of us who just casually watched if you're, the films. If you're but that's why I said this season, to, to diehard Star Wars fans, this season is amazing too. And I was worried that other people, casual viewers of Star Wars, aren't going to be so into the season because there's a lot of characters here. You're like, I thought that person's dead. Who is that character? Who is Thrawn? Like all these things no one knows unless you actually are invested into the franchise in all aspects of media, not just the films. It's a ripoff. The whole thing's a ripoff. <laughs> Now I have to take away all my excitement for when Boba Fett got swallowed up. Yeah, in he that lived. Film. Yeah, that's he a, lived. That's some bullshit. He bought his, uh, the the Jawas salvaged his armor, that which is in uh, the book The Aftermath. You read about that. Oh, I hate. That's how Marshall you got the so much now, and they directly allude to that in the first episode. I hate everything <laughs> so just, much. You asked. I you know, asked. but I thought maybe I missed something. I thought maybe there was something in regular Star Wars without having to go into the catacombs no. and look up the you know, the ancient prophecies and read the ancient texts that no. maybe there was just an explanation that I had missed no. and Disney's, that exists Disney's, on the surface. Disney's there. gearing everything towards their streaming service now, so they're going to be like... Disney's like, be, what the fuck? We don't care. Do whatever the fuck it, you the want. The movies are just as important as the animated series, as the books, as the comic books. It's all the same. I hate it all. <laughs> But that was a good episode. He was he was a badass, and my pal uh, Migna was back, and she was uh, cool. Yes, too. and she's got a robot stomach. Now. She had a robot stomach because she got shot in the stomach. Yeah. But Boba saved her. Sure, because he's a robot. He's also a medical doctor. He's a, he's a <laughs> and bounty hunter. He's a robot internist who can rebuild your your bowels <laughs> with, with some PVC. Bounty hunter MD. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just enjoy the ride. I did. I enjoyed just the enjoy episode. The I was just at a point of order. I just had a question. I figured you could clear it up. I, I didn't did. Didn't I? Yes, too much. <laughs> too fucking much clarity. <laughs> what else is going on in your world? Anything oh, happening? Uh, you seem a little frazzled. Uh, uh, yeah, we've had some uh, issues with the tree. With the what now? The, the, the Christmas tree. The, the, excuse me? The, the, or the tree's a little... The magical tree that spins, that's pre-lit, that has it still spins. multiple choices of lighting. That's the issue. There's no lights on the, the pre tree? The pre-lit tree is no longer lighting up. <sighs> so I, I'm either forced to do some heavy rewiring, which I don't want to do because I'm non-electrician, and I'll probably burn down the house, or I need to buy a strand of lights to wrap around the already pre-strung tree. <laughs> 
But I thought your tree had all the built-in lighting, Eddie. It did. You didn't it have worked to worry about it. It's worked it. for years. Uh-huh. I think we're just at the end of the lifespan of this fake tree. Well, maybe it'll come back from sure death because in the paperback, <laughs> Eddie's Christmas tree, I remember in the animated series, The Turning Tree, they said it came back and the lights it came went back. back it on. dug itself out of the hole and started yeah. spinning again. Yeah. It will light again. Trust me. Oh, it will it light will. again. It shall light again. You know what I do if the uh, lights go out on my tree? What? Just take the strand off, put uh, put new lights on. Well, I'm going to put it on. It's just going to look a little wanky because there's going to be lit lights and there's going to be unlit lights. Oh, Santa's not coming to your it's house. It's going to be a little. And then I don't know how the spinning is going to do with the new right, wire because it, it could tangle up the wire at the base. That's an excellent over, point. So if you plug an extension cord into the wall and that thing starts spinning. Yeah. It's going to be uh, interesting. So. It's going to wind itself to the plug, to the outlet. Yeah, it's going to move across the room. Yeah, could be a little way. Um, I was going to show it off at the Christmas cocktail party. But. This is a Clark Giz- Griswold <laughs> story waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. All right. Well, today's show, kiddies, I think you picked an excellent day to stop by. Hell of a show today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, we got our buddy uh, Carl from Agora. He's back, our gartender. He is going to be on hand to teach you how to make a holiday mocktail for those folks who are not imbibing over the holidays, mm. uh, Carl was going to whip you up a tasty treat later on in the show. Also, it's Thursday. Oh, sex, you. Mm. Sexy show today about a fetish that even I didn't know existed until this week. Do you think you're into it now, knowing about it? I am not. <laughs> and someone said to me <laughs> recently, you always, uh, you always hold on to the secret of what Sex You is going to be about when you're talking to Eddie. But when you release the show, you announce it usually in the explanation of the show. Why are you so secretive? Oh, yeah, I guess you do. I do. But it's because I like to get a fresh reaction from Eddie when we start talking about yeah, the topic. I don't want to think about it the whole show. Right. So it's not about whether you, the lovely listening audience, is aware right. of what the topic is going to be or not. This is just something so I can get... A fresh take from Eddie once we launch into yeah, the You topic. have a better chance of me saying something stupid if you catch me off guard right. than letting me think about it We're for getting 40 minutes. <laughs> out of you. <laughs> Which is really the whole goal of the show for right? me, is just to get Eddie to make that noise. <laughs> or, besides, <laughs> maybe we can get... Oh, mm, I'll swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows today? Forgot about that. Anything is possible. <laughs> um... So we'll get, up, we'll get to that in a little bit. Also, we got your phone calls. We got entertainment news. Damn, we got so much show. I guess we better get on with it. Mm. Here's how we're going to start, though. Some uh, From time to time, we do um, news about the COVID-19, which is just out of control. It's just it's as bad as it's ever been, and everyone is treating it as if it's n- the least it's ever been. Yeah. I've never seen so much fatigue regarding a situation as I have the COVID-19 yeah. and how... Uh, very adamant people were early on in the pandemic with washing their hands to happy birthdays and wearing their mask and staying at home. And the roads were desolate yeah. here in Los Angeles. You could get anywhere yeah. in five minutes. You really could. Everyone was staying at home. This time around, everybody's like, eh, fuck it. Uh, absolutely fuck it. It takes forever to get over here now. <laughs> yeah. I have to leave an extra 10 minutes early to get here. And maybe that's because we've got a... Uh, a vaccine on the horizon, so people are feeling a little lax. It's about fatigue. Their, it's been almost ten months now. We've been nine months. It's just people. It's just human nature. I think to just say fuck it. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I think it is. So from time to time, we do talk to touch on some COVID nineteen uh, stories. I know you get inundated with it, so I apologize. But sometimes we have a story that has a different angle, or perhaps one you haven't heard about in a segment uh, previously known as 
uh, coronavirus. But now, because of Mo and her dog, who gets nuts when we play the jingle, we have uh, legally, we're legally obligated now to call it Mo. Grab your dog. Speaking of vaccines, you know, Russia's got its own vaccine. Oh, do they? Their yes. own special vaccine. They, they do. They've got a Russian vaccine called the Sputnik 5. It's really what it's called. It's really what it's called. Oh, Jesus. And the Sputnik, if I'm not mistaken, was the first orbital satellite that they launched I think so. in the late 50s, yeah, which kind of their, sparked the space race. Something to do with their space program, I know. So this is Sputnik 5. I guess they're pretty proud of this scientific achievement as well, and so they've named it after that hmm. famous scientific uh, accomplishment on yeah. behalf of the Russians. But here's the thing about Sputnik 5. The deputy prime minister, Tatyana Golikova, I bet she's hot. <laughs> Sounds like a Bond girl name. Anyone Tatyana. Tatyana Golikova. Yes, Mr. Bond, I am Tatyana Golikova. Uh, our two countries must work together. <laughs> yes, I think we should. We should work together in bed with my cock inside you. It's a direct line. It's a direct from, line from, from, James uh, Bond movie. from a James Bond movie, yes. <laughs> anyway, Tatania Golikova says Russians who receive the Sputnik 5 vaccine, mm-hmm. which is administered in two phases, 21 days apart. So okay. you got to get uh, two shots, much like the Pfizer. Yeah, the Pfizer one, I think, is like that. Yeah. Uh, once you get it, you can't drink any vodka. Uh-oh. you got to lay off the sauce. Really? For 42 days. <laughs> Because apparently vodka, because <laughs> uh, it's an immunosuppressant, the vaccine that you get. And if you uh, take the, the vodka, apparently bad things can happen. Mm. This is not good news for Russia. Russians oh. planning to get the vaccine are supposed to give up drinking two weeks before the first injection. So that's about two months of sobriety for people who live in the nation that's the largest leading consumer of alcohol on the, pl- on the face of the planet. Wow. So no one's going to take this vaccine over there. Well, they're going to take it, but they're going to keep drinking. <laughs> uh, apparently, beer and liquor are a strain on the body, says the deputy prime minister. If we want to stay healthy and have a strong immune response, don't drink alcohol. Smoking cigarettes is also discouraged. Have you been to Russia, ma'am? <laughs> this is the wrong vaccine for Russia. You are the deputy prime minister. <laughs> have you been to your own country saying you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't smoke? It's Russia. This should be the Utah's vaccine. It should be. They would have no problem unless they had to give up Jello. They would be fine. Uh, Russian officials estimate 100,000 Russians have already received the Sputnik V vaccine, which I'm guessing is probably Sunny D. They've just, <laughs> just injected Sunny D into just, their face. They just put it into a different bottle and they told them that it was a vaccine. I can't imagine it's actual medicine. It seems uh, it seems improbable. They could be giving them a placebo and just see what happens. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's the country of Chernobyl, for God's sakes. They're well known for keeping horrible yes. secrets from their populace. Here's the good news, though, boys and girls. The Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, the good old U.S. of A vaccines, mm-hmm. no need to stop drinking. Oh. <laughs> Success, success. We've done it. We've done it. So I'm doing a shot of vaccine and then chase it down with a shot of Jack Daniels. Why not? You should see if they could uh, inject the Jack Daniels with the vaccine. (laughs) They should. Can you make a cocktail out of it? (laughs) 
Can you make Jack and Moderna that way on the rocks? Your body will welcome it quicker because exactly. it's familiar with the Jack Daniels. Like, oh, I know what we're getting now. Let's <laughs> send it right to all the important parts. So uh, sorry, Russia. I, I wonder if we have any. I think we actually have some Russian Garmy members. Oh, yeah, maybe. Probably do. I believe we do. If I'm not mistaken, I've heard from at least one or two of them. So I would love to hear from anyone who's getting the vaccine. Yeah. Any sort of. Hey, yeah, person. Brits, if Anybody. you're out there and you've had the vaccine, let us know. Uh, our Russian Garmy members, uh, Dasvidanya, <laughs> first of all, let D me say. Injection. If you've had the Sunny D injection. <laughs> Why is this uh, glowing orange? It does not look like a vaccine I've seen on television. It's powder. Just listen, Vlad. <laughs> just give me arm. I'm putting a medicine inside you. There is pulp. Why is pulp in the vaccine? Is this powder? So if you have had uh, if you've had the benefits of the vaccine, we'd love to hear from you and see how things are going. You know the first guy in the UK who got it? Yeah. You know what his name was? Did no. you hear? No. William Shakespeare. Really? I shit you not. That was his actual name. That's funny. A 90-year-old man named, named William Shakespeare <laughs> got the first dose of vaccine. Seems appropriate somehow. Anyway, there you go, kids. Here in America, we can still be healthy and just drink our faces off. What a country. In the words of Yakov Smirnov, what a country. <laughs> and that's it for today's Mo. Grab your dog. All right, let's turn our attention to you, our beloved members of the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do that. Send us an email if you're a writer. RalphTheRalphReport.com, Steve, Eddie at that same email address. Or you can find us on social media. We're often crawling around Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Or you can do what a lot of folks choose to do, which is leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's just sitting there waiting for you to use it. Much like I am at night, just sitting there waiting for someone to use me. No one ever Someone calls. will. Eventually. Give it time. Once the, once the, the Sputnik 5 kicks in, <laughs> I'm going to get laid. Um, yeah, you can leave your message. Feel free to talk about your comments and your questions and your feelings and your thoughts. Anything you want to leave for us. I listen to all of them, and then I grab a handful of those who catch my ear, and we put them here in Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garby's on the line Ralph's gonna play your calls now And see what's on your mind We don't do a lot of social consciousness stuff on this program We're more of a show full of tomfoolery mm -hmm. And uh, jackassery Yes and nonsense and we're here to put a smile on your face but every once in a while i think it's worthwhile to touch on a topic and i have recently been bristling at this new media term that i'm being forced to use called latinx oh, yeah. which is supposed to be a catch-all for uh, folks of hispanic derivation right it's like a gender neutral sort uh, general of, neutral yeah. it means that latinos and latinas which yeah. is the men and the women and but non, also non-identifying transgender and and what have you it's sort of a catch-all and it's it's not working. It's not working for me. And from what I hear, it's not working for a lot of um, Latino. Uh, Hispanic and Latino, uh, Latino and Latinas as well. However, I'm a white guy. And there's <laughs> nothing worse than whitey chiming in on other people's <laughs> issues. So I was so happy to hear from Esteban, who's got an interesting take on this. And I hope you'll uh, listen along with me. Hey, Ralph, this is Esteban, uh, two-star general from the Bay Area. How are you doing? Um, and hello to Eddie and Steve, the crew. Um, 
So I'm just calling because you, you brought it up a couple of times. You mentioned the whole Latinx thing. And I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I'm obviously Hispanic. Um, I'm Latino because uh, I'm a male. But um, the whole Latinx thing does kind of grate on me when I hear it. Not because I'm not inclusive. Definitely um, am very inclusive. And if we could find a way to include everybody, that's amazing. Um, and Spanish is one of those languages that is masculine or feminine. Um, when it talks to a lot of things and then they do take the masculine to talk about a whole group, um, which is where I can see the problem with that. Uh, the difference is that when you talk about Latin X, it's an English solution to a Spanish problem, which is where the issue lies, um, with me more than anything else. It's kind of Americanizing something that's not an American issue. Um, but if you go to Latin American countries, or even Spain, uh, what they've done is they call it Latine, with an E at the end, which is actually following the rules of the language. And that's the term that is being used to talk about everyone in general that's inclusive to everyone, so that you're not masculine or feminine in the language, but you are being open and inclusive of male, female, and like the transgender community as well. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know if you've heard about it or not. Um, but that's kind of the way that uh, we look at it. So it's, it's, it's one of those weird things. Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, um, LMB. Thank you, Esteban. Yes. That's so informative. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea. First things first, what's with the creepy lullaby music I, box in the background of your phone call? He's trying to put us to sleep. Are you, are you calling from a crib? That was weird. All right. Secondly, bit. so typical of whitey to slap a label on a group of people thinking that he's doing the right thing yeah. it seems like all they had to do is ask somebody who speaks spanish what would you call a group of mixed gender yes latin let's, people let's identify with the masculine how do you they would say latine them? with an e and then boom problem, problem solved, solved. Yeah. so that's what i'm gonna say from now on i'm gonna if you know, I read a story and it says latinx or latinx however you're supposed to pronounce it i'm gonna say latine because that's the, how the language works yeah Simple fix. Seems like just an American issue, <laughs> to be honest. Just us butting ourselves in somewhere. Uh, speaking of America, Eddie Pence has a problem identifying abbreviations for states. <laughs> we have established this to be I... fact. <laughs> Especially the M states, they seem to throw them for a loop. Just, some make no sense. Mm, they are if you just learn them. Yeah, just, they don't I... need to make sense. Really, you just have to just know. I just think Maine should have gotten the M.A. We were very aware of that. But Massachusetts gets the M.A. because they were like the first state okay. pretty much. Well, they should have got, the Maine should have got the M.N. Well, I know that's your argument saying that Minnesota came along after Maine, so they, right. they should get dibs. But every it all works out for everybody else. Okay. However, when we called Eddie out on it, it blamed me for some reason. I was the problem because I brought up <laughs> a different state. Anyway, this caller thinks there's more to be said. Hey, Ralph, yo, what are you up, crew? So I'd have to pause the show today. I need to hear Eddie's drunk thoughts on why Maine should not have the abbreviation that it has. Right. Thank you, Mina. Love you. Bye. As you know, we slow Eddie down by half speed, and he sounds incredibly drunk. And in this particular episode of Eddie's Drunk Thoughts, he is the cranky guy at the bar <laughs> who's going to tell people how states should be named. I can't see that close up. something a foot from your face. It's gross. Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. I'm fine. Yeah, my teeth are working. <laughs> 
Didn't, didn't do Minnesota, we never would have been down that road. <sighs> Boy, how is it on me? And again, who the fuck came up with the abbreviation for Maine and then Massachusetts? Well, Maine, Massachusetts, M-A. Right. Makes sense. And then, but Maine, so you use M and now, okay, let's grab the last letter of the word. M-A was taken up. Okay, then make it M something else. M A I N E. Maine's older than Minnesota. How come they didn't get the M in? I I'm not sure how all that. When works. did they start handing out the abbreviations? Because <laughs> Maine's older than Minnesota. I was not privy right? to the uh, postal meeting where they started handing <laughs> this those. This is so. all fucked up. I'm just saying. <laughs> They are what they are. Yeah, yeah. And yes. you have an obligation, I think, if you're going to start naming them, to, to name them. It's just all very confusing and stupid. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fuck it. Whew, man. <laughs> uh, we got a request for one of our regular callers. We haven't heard from her in a while, and somebody misses her. Hey, you know who I really miss? I miss Dawn, the, our favorite phone sex operator. Where's Dawn at? That would be really cool for a sex you if, if uh, she can tell us how to be a phone sex operator because I might need that side hustle. Dawn, where you at, girl? All right. There's a there's a <laughs> female Garmy member who's looking to get into the phone sex business, if it even is such a thing anymore. I can't I imagine. Yeah. I think cam girls have probably taken all that business probably. away. Maybe there's some hardcore aural fetishists who still need to hear stuff rather than see I it. Yes, but it's so easy to see it now. I know. I don't know it's a thing. Anyway, Don, you're missed. And uh, if you want to come on the show and talk about your experiences as a phone sex operator, I think that would be a fascinating yeah. sex you for uh, next year, 2021. So feel free uh, to call in and leave me your, your contact info. And we'll try to hook up an interview or something like that. Um, yesterday, of course, was One Hit Wonder Wednesday. We've been featuring holiday One Hit Wonders, and I had no idea how me turning the corner on Dominic the Christmas Donkey would speak for so many people who have been closeted Dominic fans their whole <laughs> lives, and now they feel free to step out into the light. I think I've done a huge public service. Hey, Ralph. Aaron here from Anaheim, four-star general. How's it going? Hey, so I'm calling because I feel vindicated. I love Dominic the Donkey. I forced my family to listen to it. I've made friends listen to it, and everyone tells me I'm insane. But I think it's so catchy. Right. So thank you for featuring that for One Hit Wonder. It was amazing. LMB. My pleasure, Aaron. And as I said, I'm a newly... <laughs> Newly minted fan of Dominic the Christmas Donkey. Sure. Here's a little bit. Hey, jingity jing. <coughs> it's Dominic the Donkey. Jingity jing. <coughs> the Italian Christmas Donkey. La 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 of course, it was the Eddie Pence remix. It just fits so perfectly. It is kind of perfect. You need to work this in. Oh, mm, I'll swallow it. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've been featuring upbeat songs on the show to try to give you a little pep in your step. And, of course, because it's holiday season, we have been catering them to this particular time of year. However, Ryan calls in with an excellent point, especially on this day. 
Hello, Ralph. Yoho, Eddie. This is Ryan from Torrance, two-star general. Um, for the upcoming holidays, you haven't featured any Hanukkah jams. So I figured for the first night of Hanukkah, how about a Hanukkah banger? Sharon Jones and the <laughs> Dap Kings, eight days of Hanukkah. Love it. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Ryan. And happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish yeah. army members out there. I had no idea today was the first day. Today of is the first day of Hanukkah. Tonight they will be lighting the first candle on the menorah mm. and the kids will get their first present. I hope it's a good one, I'm kids. sure it is. They probably save the best one for day eight, I would yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think they go in descending greatness. No, nah, that wouldn't be any fun at all, because then you're like, who gives a shit, about, gives a shit about the rest of the seven days? <laughs> anyway, the uh, Hanukkah banger that Ryan requested <laughs> is from Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. I love the Dap Kings. This was a band in the early 2000s who were part of a revivalist movement that were trying to Take the uh, funk and soul style of the 60s and 70s, and you know I love that era of music, and sort of uh, recreate it for us. And they did a very fun Hanukkah song called Eight Days. Here they are, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. never heard that song it's a hanukkah banger that is a banger it is a banger happy hanukkah to all of our jewish garmi members out there thanks to everybody who called in today you too can be featured on the garmi on the line segment but you know what you got to do you got to call me Alrighty, now it's time for us to take a look and find out who passed away on this day, December 10th, and pay tribute to their lives and legacies in Hello, Death. Day 
Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garman will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. On this day, December 10th in 1878, Henry Wells, American businessman, died at the age of 72. Henry Wells got into the shipping business at a very early age. He was moving stuff around the country at a price less than the United States Post Office was charging. In fact, the USPS had to lower its prices in order to compete with Henry he Wells' was undercutting company. the he was post undercutting. office. Wow. Uh, he worked with American Express in the 1800s from 1850 to 1868. And he was the president of that company when he suggested that they extend their service to California. You know, yeah. there was a big expansion going out out west. A lot of settlers were out there. And let's start delivering them stuff. And uh, the rest of the board of directors were like, no, we're not getting into that. That's bullshit. <laughs> so he quits American Express. Right. And he gets with his buddy, Mr. Fargo mm. and Henry Wells. And Fargo yeah. get together, and they get those uh, stagecoaches going, and right. Wells Fargo was born. And then they made a bank? Yes. They started making so much money that they opened their own bank. Wow. Yeah. That's the key, kids. Find a hole in service and then fill, fill it. it. Exactly. <laughs> 1896, Alfred Nobel died at the age of 63 on this day. Swedish chemist who held 355 different patents his most famous one, however, is for dynamite. He invented dynamite. He did. Yes. Very important. Uh, he also worked primarily in the iron and steel manufacturing business. And it was a premature obituary that was published accidentally about him that changed his life forever. Hmm. The obituary was critical of him from profiting from the uh, sales of arms because his iron and steel was primarily going into the manufacturing of cannons and other armaments. And he said, I don't want to be known as the war guy. Wow. And so he took the rest of his fortune and he started the Nobel Prize Institution, giving away a prize for people who were directly involved with creating more peace in the world and less war. That's crazy. It's got to be a weird thing. To, it's, almost, it's almost like he attended his own funeral. Yes. And saw what people thought of him. There's something and then almost was able to make the change. Like a, a Mark Twain or a Charles Dickens yeah. moment where you get to hear what people are saying about you in life. Yeah, it's completely unfiltered because it's you're dead. And you're like, oh shit, I better wow. make some changes. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a cool story. 1909, Red Cloud, the Sioux Indian chief, died. He was one of the most important leaders of the Lakota tribe. He was the, one of the most capable Native American opponents that the U.S. Army faced. In fact, uh, he handed the U.S. Army their worst military defeat up until the Battle of Little Bighorn 10 years later. But he was a formidable foe. And it's funny when you think about the Native Americans. All of us who grew up on cowboy and Indian movies and watching the you know, we got to take out the 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 bad guys yeah. going after the Indians. Think about living here in the country, and then some folks just start showing up and taking your shit and yeah. your food sources and your land, telling you to move. And you're like, Can I you was imagine? here. Imagine yeah. <laughs> it's a dark, dark time in this country. Maybe our darkest 
Probably, we've we've I mean, done a lot of shitty things, but right. that one was pretty sweeping. I mean, that, and it was everybody was on board with that one. It was basic genocide. Yeah. It's crazy. Terrifying. Red Cloud. Great name, too, by the way. I'm, I want an Indian name. <laughs> what would your Indian name be, do you think? I don't know. Is there a way to do that? Is that yeah. How do we do that? You got to call up the uh, Indian board of uh, a- names and personalities. Wretches with ease. Wretches with ease. I like that. That's my name. I think mine would be Swinging Balls. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that would be my name. Mm, swinging Balls. <laughs> anyway. 1920. Horace Elgin Dodge died at the age of 52. Mm. He and his brother John were machinists, and they started working in the early 1900s for a company called the Olds Motor Vehicle Company. Made the Oldsmobile, of course. Then they retooled their plant and started building engines for Henry Ford for the Ford Motor Company. And eventually, the two Dodge brothers looked at each other and said, what the fuck are we doing? We're making everyone else money. We're making all this good stuff for these clowns. Why don't we make our own cars? And uh, Dodge automobiles were were born. Got to do it yourself. Indeed. Once again, find a hole and fill it. Fill it. Mm. Uh, 1941, Colin Kelly, the first U.S air hero during world war ii died in action at the age of 26 he was a uh, flying fortress pilot the big american b-17 and he ordered his entire crew to bail out while he held the yoke and kept the thing flying shortly before that bomber exploded wow and he knew what was going to happen so he got his whole crew to jump with their parachutes before it actually just got uh, destroyed it's a crazy level of bravery crazy you're absolutely right 1946 damon runyon American journalist and writer, died at the age of 66. He was best known for his uh, comical look at the underbelly of the New York uh, wise guy scene, criminal elements, and in fact, uh, Guys and Dolls, of course, based on his work. 1967, Otis Redding, one of the greats, singer-songwriter with Stax Records, died way too young in a plane crash at the age of 26. One of the great soul singers of the 60s. Here's a little bit of one of my favorite Songs by Otis Redding. Most people think of uh, Sitting by the Dock of the Bay when they think of Otis. However, I always like Try a Little Tenderness. Here he is live in London. Oh, she may be weary. Them young girls, they do get weary. Wearing that same old raggedy dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she gets weary, Try a little tenderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you gentlemen got to do. You know what I'm talking about. Otis had all the soul. Yeah, he did. My God. 1968, Thomas Merton, famous French American Catholic writer and Trappist monk, died on this day. He dedicated his life to God, not just through the priesthood, he was an ordained priest. But also, he was a, a monk as well. He explored all different kinds of religions, Zen Buddhism, Confucianism, Taoism, um, how Christianity related to those religions. He was a true scholar of religion and dedicated his life to God. And he died when he was electrocuted by an electric fan at the age of 53. Oh, my God. And that is all the proof I need to be an <laughs> atheist right there. If God can't look out for Thomas Merton and keep him from no. a frayed plug at the end of a fan, what can he do? In that line of thinking, God was calling him home. He wanted I him up see. there with him. I gotcha. That's mm. how that works. I gotcha. 
I maybe had some more work to do here on the planet. That's all. I'm afraid because I'm going to electrocute myself on that Christmas tree. You, you probably will. So I can't wait for the sparks. <laughs> it's going to be like the 4th of July in your living room when you plug that sucker in. It's be an awful present for Colton under the tree. It will indeed. Uh, 1978, Ed Wood, American filmmaker, actor, director, producer, died of heart failure on this day at the age of 54. If you've never seen the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton film, Ed Wood. It's my favorite Johnny Depp film. It is so wildly entertaining, yeah. largely based on the true story of this talentless filmmaker <laughs> who just did not let that stand nope. in his way and kept making movies. Besides Plan 9 from Outer Space, perhaps his the Citizen Kane of his career, yeah. uh, also known for a film called Glenn or Glenda, where he actually came out of the closet as a transvestite yeah, by, yeah. by writing that story and starring in the lead role so he could wear women's clothing yeah. up on the screen. Here's a little bit of the real Ed Wood from that movie. I thought I could stop wearing these things. I tried, honestly, I tried. I haven't had a stitch of them on for nearly two weeks until tonight. Then I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to put them on and grow out of my mind. When you hear his voice, you realize how good Johnny Depp did in terms of picking up that cadence in that voice. Uh, speaking of movies, 1988, Richard Castellano died. Great American character actor, died at the age of 55. Best known for his work in The Godfather when he played Clemenza, one of Don Corleone's lieutenants in the crime family. Famous for this line, one of the most famous movies from The Godfather. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> you wax a guy, leave the gun, take the cannolis. Armand Hammer, CEO of Occidental Petroleum, one of the richest dudes in America, died at the age of 92 on this day in 1990. He is the great-grandfather of Army Hammer, the actor. Oh, okay. Uh, so. Armand Hammer, interestingly enough, had nothing to do with Armand Hammer products. His name was Armand. Right. First name, last name, Hammer. The other one's Arm and Hammer. Arm and Hammer right. made baking soda and right. things like that. But people constantly asked him, oh, are you the Arm and Hammer of Arm and Hammer? That's an easy mistake. I suppose. But I can see why you would get old after a while. Yeah. You know how he fixed that problem? He bought up the majority of shares in Arm and Hammer, the company. <laughs> so when people so asked work. him, oh, are you in with Arm and Hammer? He said, yes, that's me. I am well, Arm and Hammer. That's an easy way to fix it. Rich people can just fix right? shit. Pretty easily. And how easy has it been for Army Hammer? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's rich beyond avarice before he even got right. started as a movie star. Jeez. And he looks like that on top he of it. He never had to sling drinks. Jeez, <laughs> crackers. Some people. <laughs> Speaking of actors, Shirley Hempel from What's Happening? Big Shirley. Big Shirley. She died on this day in 1999. I went back to uh, pick a little uh, audio of her. Here she is with... Uh, a rerun, Fred Berry rerun mm. at a big party. Hey, Cheryl, let's check out the buffet. Okay, and the food, too. <laughs> See, because she wasn't aware that buffet also was another word for a right. spread of food. Mm. I watched a little of the episode that yeah. I pulled that audio from. Didn't do it for you? It's unbelievable <laughs> how unfunny it is. Well, they wrote with... A, comedic rhythm they just did the the joke the setup punch whether the whether the words were funny or not it was just the rhythm of it absolutely correct however what was stunning to me is 
maybe two people in the entire cast can act on that show. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is like a cigar store Indian. I don't understand how the thing got even produced, let alone ran for three successful seasons. And there's only on three networks then. It's not like they had to fill a bunch of channels. It, it was it was an eye-opening experience. Go back and watch. Try to sit through an entire episode of What's Happening oh. and then let me know how you fare. My first improv team was named Big Shirley. <laughs> was it Yes. Really? <laughs> Years ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> In 2005, Eugene McCarthy, American politician and frequent presidential candidate, died at the age of 89 on this day. And lastly, in 2005, we lost maybe, I think arguably you could say, top three stand-up comedians of all time. Richard Pryor died mm. on this day at the age of 65 in 2005. Say what you will about other talents. And I think Carlin certainly has to be up there. Yeah. You could make an argument for... I don't know if you want to go classic and go like Lenny Bruce or people like that, but no one could take their personal life yeah. and share it with an audience. It sometimes tragic stuff and make you wet your pants laughing while yeah. he was describing the most painful moments of his life. Yeah. If you've never seen Richard Pryor stand up, if you only know him from the movies, you owe it yourself to uh, take a look at live on the sunset strip or any number of his comedy specials. This special, Live in the con uh, Sunset Strip in particular, we, was a, one of his first shows he did after he had a very public uh, drug problem and while freebasing, set himself on fire, almost dying from the severity yeah. of the burns. He, re he rec recounts that story on stage and what should be a horrifying story right. is one of the funniest moments you'll ever see on yeah. stage. Here's just a touch of the uh, late Richard Pryor. But I, I thank God every day, Jack. I do. I say, God, thank you for not burning my dick. Because <laughs> most people said, you've been punished by God. I say, no, if God wanted to punish my ass, he'd have burnt my dick. <laughs> he also, uh, he passed away from complications and multiple sclerosis as well. Yeah, right. We, we were talking about squ uh, Squiggy a couple of days ago. He yeah. was a... Uh, Twice cursed. Yes. Really. But uh, what a what a giant. Anyway, you know what we do at this point? We see if Eddie Pence is willing to stick something in his mouth and swallow. Oh, mm, I'll swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out. We talk about a food related to someone who passed away. And then we run it past Eddie Pence and see what he thinks. Maybe he'll eat it. Maybe he'll stick it up his ass and pull it out. <clears throat> and maybe he won't. How do we find out? Well, there's a scientific device known as the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If we pull the handle and we get a jackpot, that means Eddie Pence would, in fact, eat the item in question. However, if he uh, if we get mismatched reels on that slot machine, <coughs> that means he is rejecting it. So let's talk about today's food, shall we? On this day in 1877, Dr. Jared Kirtland died. This guy was a renaissance man, physician, a naturalist, a botanist, and a teacher. Not only did he practice and teach medicine, but his, uh, his side gig was he loved nature and botany, and he was responsible for one of the most impressive collections of uh, species of fruit that he created yeah. by crossbreeding different kinds of fruit. He was known as the Cherry King for one point in his life okay. because he came up with about 26 different kinds of cherries, hybrid cherries that he had created. It's just the cherry and the black cherry, right? No, he's got 26 different what, varieties what, of cherry trees that he it created. Makes no sense. It does make sense. And he's also responsible for six varieties of what perhaps is 
my favorite fruit. If I had to pick one, yeah. I think if I could only eat one fruit for the rest of if my life. you're on life, an island with fruit, it'd have to be this This fruit. would be the one that I would have to okay. pick. But I like it chilled. That's the only problem. It'd be hard on an island to chill All this right. fruit. It is the pear. He created six different varieties of delicious pears. And, of course, we are in the partridge in a pear tree season, so it's completely appropriate to talk about the success Dr. Kirtland had with pears. Most of the pears we eat today are thanks to Dr. Kirtland and his research being able to breed pears, make them larger and sweeter and more delicious pears. It's not about me, whether I like pears or not. It's about Eddie Pence. Is he eating pears? Who knows? He's got some weird thing, probably. <laughs> Let's find out by pulling that handle. Here we go. One pair, two pair, three pairs. Eddie Pence is a pear. Eddie Pence is a pear. I'm surprised. <laughs> it's, it's nature's butt plug. It's the way it's shaped. It looks like a butt plug. It doesn't. It absolutely it's just, does. It's wide at the base, so it can't go all the way in. Don't put pears in your butt. You got to pull the, 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 the thing off, though. Stem. The it's stem. called a stem. You don't want to get that stuck up there. I, I like pears. They're fine. Pears are great. They're fine. Oh, my God. I, I think I take an apple, a red apple over a pear. No. Really? I beg to differ. Now, pears are tricky. Don't get me wrong. They have to be ripe, just ripe. Yeah. You get like... You can find a bad pear pretty easy. You get about eight minutes yeah. of perfect pear eating time from when it's hard as a baseball right. to when it gets mushy. perfectly crisp, but also not too firm to bite into. And it's sweet and it's juicy. And then in the minute nine, it's, yeah. it starts getting black spots all over yeah. and it falls apart. No. But That's why I'd rather have an apple because you have a better chance of having a good apple. You can, li you can live longer on the apple than you can yeah. a pear, but boy, I love me A good pears. pear, a chilled right in that sweet spot yes. pear is pretty good. Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> dribbling down your chin. Oh, yeah. Easy, easy. I like it sloppy. I like it all <laughs> over my face. That's how I like my pears. Eddie Pence eating pears. Mm. Oh, I couldn't be happier on today's Hello, Death. Death. You're dead now, so shut up. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time for us to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, news from Amazon. They have just signed a deal for not one, but two television series based on the life of Jessica Simpson. Why? Two? Two series based on the life of Jessica Simpson and her biography, Open Book, <sighs> which she published recently, and apparently it sold a bunch. And so they're going to produce a fictionalized version of her life that someone will play her, and then there'll be an unscripted docu-series also inspired by her tell-all memoir, mm. Open Book. Mm. We don't need any no. shows about Jessica no, Simpson. No, we don't need any of it. None let alone of it. two. 
shows about Jessica Simpson? You, and, and I guess she would be in the undocu- undocu- uh, unscripted documentary I'm series? sure it's going to be following her around in her daily life. Much well, like... We don't need that. We the Newlyweds was back on MTV back in the day. The first thing that made her a star. Yeah, we now we need a dramatized version of her life, too? Mm-mm. No. How much... Fucking Jessica Simpson appetite is out there, Amazon. We're going to find out. You know what? I want a fucking show right now. If you're giving two to Jessica Simpson, I demand my own show on Amazon. Make a call. And if you cancel Bosch over some fucking Jessica Simpson show, oh, shit. I'm going to come down there to Amazon <laughs> Stadium Central. or wherever you live. It's uh, not a person. Amazon's not a person. Mr. Amazon. I'm going to talk to Mr. Amazon. <laughs> No. No. We don't need that. No. 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 Mm -mm. No. Yeah, they're really. No. 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 I'm not in. They're really overestimating the interest of Jessica Simpson. I'm stunned the fact that she has two television Mm. series coming out. Um, This is proof that people are dumb. And I would ask everyone within the sound of my voice, stop being dumb. Nigella Lawson, she is a very popular British chef. She's got a very popular TV series there in the UK on the BBC called Nigella's Cook, Eat, Repeat. And she makes very basic sort of really delicious high-end meals, but she does it in a very uh, relatable way, and she's a huge star here in the States as well as the UK. Anyway, recently on a recent episode, she was having a little fun, and people lost their minds. Here she is talking about cooking something. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs> talked about heating the milk in the microwave. The microwave. Microwave. She's having a little fun oh. with the word microwave. Microwave. The microwave. Oh, I, I wish I thought of that when I did my nuggets video. God damn it. <laughs> so that's fun, right? Yes. Well, people on the internet jumped all over oh. her. You're a chef. You should know how that word is pronounced. And ev- and so many people took it literally God and just people. sucked all the joy out of that moment. Microwave. Microwave. I'm not going to call it anything else ever again. Microwave. Heat up something in the microwave. Fuck, I wish I thought of that. Damn it. So good. Chris Pratt is in the news. He's going to star and produce in an independent comedy motion picture called The Black Belt. Mm. He has announced that he will play the eccentric uncle of a shy teenage nephew, and he is going to school him in the ways of karate. That sounds like ah. a foot fist way. It's the foot fist way, yeah. It's the foot fist way. Without Danny McBride. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cross between a karate kid and foot fist. Yeah. Mm. I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not down. I pass. I'm not down. Speaking of karate, let's get to some real karate, shall we? Okay. Cobra Kai season three trailer dropped yesterday. Oh, did it? Oh, so did my pants. Two things that dropped yesterday. <laughs> this looks so good. Have you watched it? I have not watched God it. God damn you. I haven't watched it. Yet. It is so much fun. Um, apparently, all kinds of things are going on. Spoilers, if you haven't seen season one or two, if you're like, Eddie, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> you but, can spoil it. I don't care. It's, uh, as you know, it's once again Daniel-san mm-hmm. up against Johnny Lawrence and their rivals. And then uh, Lawrence has restarted the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. And then Kreese comes out of nowhere and he is back with Cobra Kai as well. Everybody thought he was dead, but he come, walks through the door one day. Right. Now he's causing trouble with Johnny Lawrence and his new students and things are going haywire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this season, it looks like Daniel-san and Johnny Lawrence team up. <gasps> 
Whoa. to fight the bad guys. And I'm thinking that's Kreese and his new students who are still functioning under the no mercy rule of Cobra Kai. So Johnny's turning on Cobra Kai. Yes, and he's teaming up with his longtime enemy, wow. Daniel LaRusso. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh my God, it's so good. Here's a little bit of the trailer from Cobra Kai season three, which starts again on Netflix in January. And these kids got into trouble was because of us. We can't let them suffer because of our issues. The only way to end this is by working together. So, what do you say? Your enemies think they're the hero, and you're the villain. There is no good. Look at this freak. There is no bad. Only weak. So strong. What are you, Tango and Cash? <laughs> no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. You do realize neither one of you are cops, right? That's LaRusso's wife there trying to <laughs> talk him off the ledge. <laughs> looks so good. <laughs> anyway, that's in the new year. Also coming from Netflix in the new year, Nicolas Cage will be hosting a show on Netflix. That's all this. Called Fuck Yeah! <laughs> the History of Swears. <laughs> it's a six-episode series where he will explore the backstories of some of our favorite curse words. Hmm. It's basically, where did this come yeah, from? you got fucked. I got, you got fucked, fucked by Netflix. Again. It's where did this come from with curse words. Yeah. With Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage hosting. I wonder where fuck came from. Why do we say fuck all the time? God damn it. Amazon the, and Netflix are fucking you. Six episodes, the origins of fuck, shit, bitch, dick, pussy, and damn. Wow. Will be covered. You could have done this. January 5th, it will mm. be uh, premiering on Netflix. You should do them first oh, here that's a great idea. and spoil it for everybody. I should. Do just long, <laughs> deep dives into curse words. Oh, really, Netflix? Yeah, we kind of knew that already from the Ralph Report. Suck it. <laughs> and lastly, Netflix has also announced a brand new show for Eddie Pence. Yeah? Headspace co-founder Andy Pudicombe has got his own series. Are you familiar with Headspace, Eddie Pence? No, I'm not. Headspace is an app. Yeah? It's a meditation app. Okay. And so this show will be teaching you how to meditate. Apps are getting their own shows now. <laughs> Just wanted you to realize that apps well, are they're ahead of us in line. They're having logarithms write, uh, write scripts, oh, right? right? Yes, exactly. So it's just, it's just natural at this point. Here's a little bit of the uh, trailer. Algorithms, not logarithms. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I don't want to get an email. You would. Algorithms. And I was like, again, I know you stupidly just, like, yeah, I'm okay. stopping it. From I'm, I'm already thinking about the next thing in the story, and I just bypassed algorithms. that. I should have caught it. I, oh. I should be a better backstop. <laughs> anyway, here it is, talking about how to make yourself calm and all kinds of shit. The best way of experiencing meditation is to actually do it, not to just talk about it. We're going to start with the eyes open and a nice soft focus, just aware of the space around you. And just take a moment before you do anything else, just to appreciate and enjoy that feeling of having stopped. I'm more aggravated now than I was when he started talking. You don't like sitting in silence? Is that the, uh, is that the end result, supposedly? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to aggravate you. Let's take a look today. Celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on December 10th. Actor Susan Day, who was very popular on L.A. Law. But of course, even before that, she was Laurie Partridge in the Partridge family. She's 68 today. Singer Ralph Tavares of the band Tavares, who got their big break on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack album. He's 79 today. 
Actor-director Kenneth Branagh is 60 years old. Meg White, drummer of the White Stripes, is 46. Got a heavy foot. <laughs> TV chef Bobby Flay. We we're just talking about TV chefs. He's 56 today. Bassist Scott Alexander of the band Dishwalla is 49. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Dishwalla. I like to think uh, Dishwala plays a clip of me introducing them before every they show. They should. They yeah. should open up every concert I with that. I think they should. Emmanuel Shrieky from Entourage is 45. Bassist Noah Harmon of Airborne Toxic Event is 39. Still think they want to consider changing that name. Yeah. Airborne Toxic These Event. These days. After the past year we've all been living through. <laughs> but you know that she's watching. She's laughing, she's turning, she's holding her tonic like a cross. The room suddenly spinning, she walks up and asks how you are. It's a good tune. Actor Raven Simone, who started her career on The Cosby Show as the cute little kid, yeah. then went on to her own popular Disney show, That's So Raven. Yeah. And now she's got another Disney show called Raven's Home, where it's about her raising her two right. kids. So. Yeah, Give it that keeps on giving. They're doing that with Punky Brewster, too, right? They yeah, the, the exactly. Punky Raisin Kids or something. Raven Simone is 35, and drummer Walter Clyde Orange of the legendary funk and soul band The Commodores is 74. Maybe one of my favorite songs ever. It's a good tune. It's a good tune. It's a banger. It is a banger. It absolutely is. It's a Hanukkah banger right there. <laughs> brick house made out of unleavened bread. She's a, a brick house, and the bricks are made of matzah on this first day of Thanksgiving. All right, kids. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the show biz beat. And now, because it's Thursday, it's time for us to delve into human sexuality as we fling open the doors of that esteemed institute of learning, Ralph Sex University. You don't know what to do. There's one man to help you through. He's a graduate of sex. Summer comes out late. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me Been an awful good girl, Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight 
Are you turned on by Santa Claus? That's the fetish? Do you have a sexual fetish surrounding wow. Santa Claus? Wow. Well, if you do, you're not alone, boys and girls, because Santaphilia is a real thing. Really? Did not know until I got this phone call. Hey, Ralph. Uh, this is uh, going to leave my name not in this, but I'm a four-star general <laughs> from Pasadena, California, and I had a topic for Sex University. Um, a couple of friends of mine who do a lot of role-playing like to, during the holidays, role-play as Santa Claus and uh, Mrs. Claus. I just wanted to know if that was something that people did or if my friends were just a little... I don't know, creepy is the word, but, uh, yeah, they, we, you know, get drunk occasionally and talk about our little sex adventures here and there. And sometimes I remember them, sometimes I don't. And this time I remembered. So I'm just curious if, uh, for a, a sex you topic, if you could maybe explore, you know, I don't know if it's role playing, but maybe Santa fetishes for the holidays, um, and how dark they get. I wonder if somebody's like, you know, a victim and Santa Claus is this, you know, relenting, you know, beast. Right, easy. Wow. Giving easy. them their package. Oh. Anyway, his package. Sorry. Easy. Anyway, thanks, easy. bro. Bye. Yeah. What um, the fuck? Thanks also to Michelle for who sent in the very same topic, by the really? way. Really? Two different people? Yes. Wow. So it's out there. People thinking about during the holiday season, maybe they want to bone Santa. <laughs> Santafilia is a thing, Eddie Pence. Insane. To Let's me. talk to one former shopping mall Santa who said in this interview, on average, once per night, someone would sit on my lap and whisper the filthiest X-rated description of what she was going to do to me when I came down her chimney on Christmas Eve. Oh said this my man. god! Once a night, at least he would get it. Wow. Yeah. It turns out on FetLife. You familiar with FetLife? No. FetLife is like Facebook for people with fetishes. Okay. There is a large community of folks who report being getting in, uh, get in, getting into being spanked by Santa Claus. I don't get it. Well, I, let's I take a look. It. Let's take a look at why some people may be turned on by Santa Claus. Some people say it's because Saint Nick has that dual role of ultimate caregiver yeah. and ultimate disciplinarian. Often it is a dominant submission issue. Okay. Because he sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. Right. So be good for goodness sake. And he can give you pleasure or punishment. Exactly, Eddie Pence. Mm. He is the ultimate distributor of rewards for good behavior yeah. and punishment for bad behavior. Mm. And it doesn't hurt that he is a polar bear in the words of the gay community. Okay. okay. Well, I see that. He's a big, fat, hairy right. dude who's also a daddy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's silver. He's got that white beard. So he's what they call a polar bear. Okay. Keith says in an interview, it helps that I'm generally attracted to older men, especially those who belong to the bear archetype. Santa Claus would be regarded as what we call a polar bear in the gay community. The most appealing features are his beard and body type, in my opinion. Taylor, uh, 26 years old, said, when it comes to that type of men, I have a strong preference for bears and silver bears are even better. So he also is turned on by hmm. Santa Claus. But I'll have you know, it's not just uh, our gay brothers out there who no. are into it. Let's hear from Pam, a 44-year-old married woman <laughs> who said she ended up dating someone who looked just like Santa when she was in her 20s. What? Met a professor at school where I was working who was 40 years older than me. He had all the features I wanted, a pot belly, a white beard, compassionate eyes. 
The romance lasted briefly, Pam says, because he was married, not to Mrs. Claus. But Pam did manage to get him to wear the outfit for her. Wow. I went wild on him. The poor guy. I basically objectified that man wearing that Santa costume. I wore him out. The sex lasted for hours. Wow. Wow. This is going to make you wow for sure. (laughs) A recent study during the holiday season, uh-huh. found that Santa and having sex with Santa is a secret fantasy for 20% of women. That many. 20. One in five women have wanna, had a fantasy about having sex with Santa. Bone Saint Nick. Yes. And usually it comes down to him coming down the chimney or coming into the house somewhere unexpected. Right. And then them being bad girls and being spanked by Santa or punished by Santa in some way. Jesus, that tends to be how really? the how the fantasy goes. Is it is it does it go along with the, the the rape fantasy of him coming into the house? No, because there's no danger. You know, he's the nicest guy in the world, so oh, he's not a threat. I just I, but they feel they have been naughty, right? And think about it, there's so much surrounding the legend of Santa Claus that plays into that double entendre, the naughty or nice thing. Right. I mean, a lot of it, it really, it can be easily sexualized. I get I just never see anything sexual with Santa or Mrs. Claus or any of that stuff. But Another, uh, another survey says um, 6% of men, when interviewed, said at one time or another that they had dressed up as Santa Claus in the bedroom. That's a lot more than I think. 6% wow. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot more than you think it would be. Santa Claus is the delicious mixture of masculine energy and nurturing dominance, says one woman. She's definitely down with it. Now, wait till you hear. Pornhub says Santa porn around the holiday season. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's Pornhub. Yeah, they what are you fucking, doing? They had fucking uh, pandemic porn. It's just right. people, people want to see weird shit on Pornhub. Well, does that explain why the search for Santa went up 447%? Because people, it's at, Christmas. Th- right like, after Thanksgiving? Santa fucking. That's what they type in. Why, if see. you don't want to watch Santa fucking, but I don't know you don't type in Santa fucking. But I think half those Pornhub searches are just people want to see weird shit. They don't, they're not really trying to get off to it. They're like, let's see if there's this. Well, men are 44% more likely to search for Mrs. Claus, and women were 121% more likely to search for Santa Claus. Wow. And societal uh, psychiatrists say Santa's already been sexualized by our popular culture. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. As a young girl, if you heard that song, it may plant a seed that, well, if he's good enough for Mommy, maybe uh, I'm going to get me some of that when I get to be grown up. (laughs) So little Susie grows up. Passed around. She wants her, uh, her wants her stuffing, her sock, her stocking stuffed by the old Saint Nick, mm. Big mm. Dick Nick. Why do you think they call him that up at the North Pole? <laughs> North Pole, dick. North Pole. It just keeps happening. It just keeps coming. Sack of toys. Sack of toys. <laughs> his big sack. He's delivering his package. My God, it's just it's endless. Oh, come, it's just so much <laughs> sliding down your chimney. Oh, candy cane. No. Just no. Drink my eggnog. There's so much there for everyone. <laughs> take it. Take my eggnog. And lastly, they say, more importantly, Santa yeah. wears red. Red, Eddie, is the color of passion. Scientifically, red ignites the part of the brain that deals with sexual desire. When you see someone in red, you're much more likely to be sexually attracted to them by than any other color. Mm. You think Santa picked that red suit by accident? He's doing it. He's in it for the boning. He knows what he's doing. He's, di- he's in it for the boning. Santa. He's got a whip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. He's got the reins. 
He's got all those. His, his, look at the power he wields with that big, those big reindeer that he flies yeah. around in. Want you guide my sleigh? Oh man. Mm, okay, I see it. Now. See it. Yeah. So uh, yes, it's all fuck Santa. Your friends aren't that weird, indeed. Santaphilia is a thing Mm-mm. for this holiday season. So if you get the guts up, ask the significant other in your life to dress up as a uh, as Santa or an elf. <laughs> Santa fucking an elf. Or a reindeer no. or whatever. whatever Santa works. can't fuck an elf. Well, he can fuck a reindeer, though, can he? I guess he could. He fuck Cupid. Cupid seems hot. <laughs> and that's today's Ralph Sex You. All right, and before we say goodbye, speaking of the holidays, it's time for our resident gartender, Carl from Agora, to whip up a non-alcoholic beverage treat for you for this holiday season, because today is Thirsty Thursday. Thursday! Thursday with Carl, he's going to mix the drink. Oh, I said shake and not stir. Thirsty Thursday with Carl. Hello everyone, and welcome to another Thirsty Thursday. I'm your gartender, Carl from Agora, and today's drink is the Cran Apple Mule, the first drink in a series of three holiday mocktails. All right, before I get going, let's address the elephant in the room. Obviously, I'm not at the bar. Uh, That's because at the time of this filming, the winds in California are somewhere between 40 and 400 miles per hour, and working outside just didn't happen. Uh, And before I make the drink, I want to give special thanks to Tim Markell for posting the recipe for the last drink on Patreon at the top of the page. Anyone willing to do that, I'll definitely give a shout out to. And to Cameron Irons and Jody Inkowski for their kind words. Uh, Thank you very much. That was awesome. All right. Let's get going on this drink, the Cran Apple Mule. The Cran Apple Mule is a take on the Moscow Mule, a very popular beverage. And the ingredients are as follows. There are three ounces of chilled apple cider. So uh, you can either just buy apple cider or make it yourself. I made it myself. Nine grams of sugar from that uh, apple cider. The drink calls for two ounces of diet cranberry juice. I almost didn't go with the diet cranberry juice, but I'm gonna follow the recipe. I have my suspicions. Um, The two ounces of diet cranberry juice uh, only come out to one gram of sugar. Cranberry is very common in holiday mocktails, I'm finding. It also calls for three mint leaves. Mint, very common in, uh, well, it's a staple, I would say, in a Moscow mule. So one, two, and let's get another one here. And it calls out for, calls for two ounces of ginger ale. So, Canada Dry here, just open the can. Now, we're not going to put the carbonated ginger ale into the shaker um, for obvious reasons. Actually, you know what? If you've never done it before, give it a shot. See what happens. All right, so we're gonna shake the non-carbonated ingredients first. And... Um, traditionally, mules are poured into a copper mug. I don't have a copper mug anymore. I don't know what I did to it. So I'm gonna pour it in here. Don't pour it into ice. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> sorry, if you're not watching the video, I poured it in a glass that is much too big. Hold on, at least I'm in the kitchen here. Um, let's do this. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pour it in this. Uh, it's much smaller glass, there we go. And to that, I'm going to add the two gram, or sorry, two ounces of uh, ginger ale. It calls for a garnish of some random floating cranberries. Okay. And um, a nice little mint sprig at the top, so maybe I'll just choose you. And there it is. 
your cran apple mule. The total sugars in the cran apple mule are lower than we're used to, um, at 16 grams, which is about a half a cup of frozen yogurt. 16 grams of sugar, that's what you would you'd get if you just went straight for the dessert. All right, I'm not sure what this tastes like. Uh, we'll see. All right, here we go. I'm not impressed. Um, and I know you're like, well, I was gonna serve this to my guests. This is what I would do to save this. I would either, instead of ginger ale, use the uh, Martinelli's like uh, cran apple as your thing instead of ginger ale, or I would go for the full sugary, um, full sugary cranberry juice, because this isn't doing it for me. There's something off about it. And maybe kick the sugars up, but save the taste. Uh, if you wanted to turn this into an alcoholic drink, you just add some vodka. Two to three ounces of vodka would do it. Actually, this with the Martinelli's would taste, I think, awesome. If anyone tries it, let me know. Finally, before I go, if you're interested in knowing uh, what might go well with the cranberry, uh, cran apple mule, you can always look in Patreon at Paul Brand Show's picks for Paul's picks. And uh, that'll about do it. Maybe the next drink will be a little bit more interesting. But until next time, uh, I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Cheers. to Carl. He, he made us drinks. Uh, until next time, this was this with Carl. Thank you, Carl. And Carl will be back next week with another delicious holiday drink that I'm sure I will be able to add booze to. <laughs> because I can add booze to almost anything. <laughs> almost anything. Including my COVID vaccine. <laughs> All right, kids. Come on back tomorrow. It's the last day of the week. Oh, it's going to be fun. We got Steve Ashton stopping by with the UK update. We are going to take a look into the video vault as well and give you some suggestions on movies you can check out this weekend. Buzz, Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports will be stopping by to talk about football. A jam-packed show for you tomorrow, so come on back, won't you? But in order to come back, you got to take care of yourself. And that means if you can... Stay the fuck at home! Wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. Keep a little distance. Stay sweet at six feet. And take care of your life. Life is life. That's right. <laughs> we will talk to you tomorrow. Until tomorrow, love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.